right. Welcome back to Shellyville, everybody. My name is Michelle Clear. I am a licensed professional counselor. And Shellyville is my little safe place that we talk about things that are interesting to me. And I actually have my um, producer, Justin, is in the office with me today. And we have a fun topic that we want to talk about. (laughs) And Justin brought this up to me last week. He's like, hey, let's do one on sex, psychology, and marketing. And he said it had something to do with I sparked the conversation. But what I want everyone to know is that as a therapist, I'm talking all the time. What I don't remember is what I've said before. (laughs) And this is like such a true statement for me. I have such a hard time remembering what I've said from person to person or session to session. Or So when someone brings back something that I've said, I'm like, oh, man, that meant something. So... Why again did we want to talk about sex, psychology, and marketing today, Justin? It was a great question. <laughs> and honestly, I'd have to go back to the footage <laughs> to remember what sparked that. But our conversation we had last week, uh, an episode that will be published on uh, Monday the 8th, I believe. Not okay. this Monday, but next Monday. Right. Um, it Something in our conversation from last week talking about emotions. Oh, I, I guess you can, you can draw the you can come up with the conclusion. We were talking about emotions and what triggers different emotions. And, um, and I think you said something along the lines of sex being a big motivator in certain ways for a lot of people. So I, (laughs) that is so true. Yes, definitely. (laughs) So I got the idea to, you know, maybe we could talk a little bit about, um, how companies in our culture today use sex to sell. Mm -hmm. But they have forever. Yeah. And I have a, I have, and some companies do it and, and that's what they're known for. Right. And, you know, for instance, uh, if you guys remember back to the, I want to say like the 2000 to 2012 era where GoDaddy.com was Mm -hmm. using, um, I believe Dana Patrick was their spokesperson, quote unquote. And they, it was a, it, it was a. I had no idea what GoDaddy.com did. <laughs> it wasn't it was about an, it wasn't about that. It was about her. No, it, she was beautiful. Right. It it was a company that sold domains for internets. So yep, if you wanted website. to start up a website, mm-hmm. you would go to GoDaddy.com and you would pay them. But I didn't know what that was. But back in the early two thousands, I knew that there was this hot girl that was <laughs> was pushing this product called GoDaddy.com, and she was a car. She a race car. She's driver? a race car driver, driver. or something awesome. like that. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. Um. So to kind of bring it full circle, um, there are a lot of companies that use that. Um, that was just the one that I thought of. But there's also a lot of companies that don't. So I thought it would be interesting to kind of talk about um why it works for some products, why it doesn't work for some products, and kind of what is the psychology behind all of that. Well, sex is used because it's a big attention drawer. Everybody is hardwired for sex and we're hired, you know, because it's our pleasure, expression and connection. So that is why we're hardwired for good sex. And so when you have a sexy person promoting a product that draws your attention. So that's the number one thing. Like you said, Danica, man, she got people to pay attention to GoDaddy and all because why is the sexy woman talking about websites? Like it didn't like they didn't even the two things didn't even connect. But they did such a great job of sensationalizing her in a way that that's what she drew in people. And so that's why sex sells is because it's about getting people's attention to your pleasure and pleasure and money go together. 
though it's great marketing, but you cannot use sex in every product. Like banks don't use it. Industry. There's a lot of industry uh, trucks. They don't use sex, although they might put a sexy person at a car show. They don't put a sexy person driving a car unless it's a man. So it's very specific about how they do use sex because they don't want it to be too offensive. And they also want it to be realistic. I mean, the idea of why we want to use sex is because it's going to get like it snaps at attention. It snaps you to attention. I want that because we are desire driven individuals and we want our needs met. So that's the marketing, I think, behind it. I'm not really sure why it works so much other than I think we're a little deviant, but and that's just something we're interested in. It's very natural and normal. And why wouldn't we want sex to sell? Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, I just was thinking about this topic about Barbies. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, I'm a generation that grew up with Barbies. Yep. And I love Barbie. First of all, nobody in my family looked like Barbie. Mm-hmm. Like she was beautiful. Yeah. Now I have gorgeous sisters, but they didn't have Barbie bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, girls, but we just didn't. We weren't tall and skinny. That's not our style. We're Italian women. Mm-hmm. So we're a different style. But <laughs> I just remember being fascinated by Barbie and how they advertised her. And and it was a sexualization. I was a little girl dressing a naked doll like Mm. i mean she was hot like there was something about (laughs) the beauty of barbie that's a whole generation i mean when did she come out she's Mm -hmm. been around for 50 or 60 years now so there's a whole generation of girls out there that played with a sensualized doll so we have like this is a culture that we live in do you think that originally when they came up for the idea of barbie barbie dolls back then do you think that there was intent for it to influence a generation of how girls think they should look? Or do you think it was more of an unintended consequence? I don't know. I mean, I I know at one time there was a lot of research done on it. And I wish I, I mean, I'm sure I knew that answer at one point. I don't, (laughs) I don't remember it Mm -hmm. anymore. But I think it, I think it was scandalous when she had boobs. Like what doll had boobs back in the 60s, you know? Not Cabbage Patch Kids. (laughs) No, like it didn't have little nipples. She had boobs. Like she was a D cup. Mm -hmm. Like she was not, she was not flat chested. Mm -hmm. So I think just the, the, the making of her, the plastic, the, the direction of how they made that body Mm -hmm. and then made clothes to fit her and then made a lifestyle around her. Like that was huge. Yeah. Now they've got a movie with her. Yeah. I remember watching, like I didn't have movies growing up when I was a kid. But I remember watching my nieces and nephews and and watching the Barbie movie and Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, my gosh, they have a Barbie movie. (laughs) Like, this is so cool. But then in the movie, she was just like I expected her to be. It was like she has not changed. Barbie's pretty consistent. So I don't know if it meant to influence it, but it certainly has. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's changed our industry altogether. Because, I mean, unfortunately, like the number one place for sex is sold is in the beauty and marketing. Sure. It's some beauty products. Mm-hmm. So Barbie, man, she paved the road. Like high heels, makeup, getting your hair done, mm-hmm. eyelashes. Yeah. Like she she set the tone for all of us like little yeah. plain Janes. The one the ones that always crack me up are the the it's like a black and white uh like shot on the beach somewhere, maybe on a boat or something. 
And then there's just this girl walk around and they're walking around and there are all these like, you know, almost like Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition like shots of her. And then it's like 30 seconds of that, no dialogue. And all of a sudden, it's just like a picture of a men's cologne. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's so overtly, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's so overtly, like, obvious what they're doing. Oh, for sure. And it's comical in a way. Well, because now we're adults and we see it. Right. The problem is so much of this advertisement is geared towards younger kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's where the the issue comes in sometimes right. and why we get offended is because we're we're advertising to little kids. We're sexualizing toys. And I think that's, <laughs> well, we can go into this, but <laughs> mm-hmm. we know that there's a lot of um, content right out right now about mm-hmm. gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. And why are we so upset with people being cognitively disappointed in the sex that they were born with. Mm-hmm. I mean, why are we making it such a big deal? Now, I do remember one comment, and I, again, I said I don't remember much, but I do remember making a joke about Bud Light in our last comment. And I want to be really clear about that, is that I'm not making fun of the person that was advertising Right. Bud right. You're making fun and of Bud Light, Light for Light. not uh, remotely understanding their target audience. And also for all the people that got offended. Mm-hmm. Like, who are we to judge? Like, that's such a, <laughs> such a sore subject for people. Mm-hmm. But I've had a lot of my clients come up to me recently and ask me, how do they handle when they have a gender neutral child Mm -hmm. or they have a child that has transitioned and now they have people that are really talking about this and two things I said is always tell people that you're upset about it if that Mm -hmm. bothers you and someone's offended you let them know but also this is a good sign Mm -hmm. this is a really good sign that we are finally talking about something that used to be tattoo Mm -hmm. like to do taboo like we couldn't talk about this a long time ago these were the these were the dark side of sex and this was the freak show of sex. We never talked about deviancy. Mm-hmm. We never talked about the differences. We never talked. Like that person was made fun of because they were different. How awesome that we're having this conversation now because it's okay. More and more people are coming out. More and more people are changing. More and more people are being honest and, and authentic with themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't want to judge people for that decision. Like that's, like that's someone else's judgment. That's not mine. I think what people have the most the biggest problem with is is the fact that something that is a deviancy, something that's that is not the norm is being pushed as if it is now the norm. And I think that's where a lot of people are are Well, I think they're afraid of it. I think they're afraid of that becoming the norm. Mm-hmm. Because if it becomes norm, then what else what else are we going to talk about? Yeah. What else is going to come out? What else is going to be like discussed? I mean, when we started talking about this topic, I did my research because I always do for Shellyville. I like to come a little bit more informed. And I'm even surprised that there are 18 different disorders in the DSM-5 mm-hmm. that are based just on sexual information. You you sh- know? Do you have them written down? I do. All right. Well, let's... <laughs> you want me to go through? I got to look at the book. Uh, yeah. But I mean, there's the sexual dysfunctions, the gender dysphoria, and the fair, I can never say this word, phallic disorders. Okay. So you want me to read them to you? Sure. I got to get up my book. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So let's go. Uh, I hope I can 
I'm not sure if I can. Uh, you don't have to define them. them. Just re- just list them off, and then if there's one that sparks interest, we can dive oh into it. Oh my god, I'm sure there will be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, people, hang on, mm-hmm. hang on. We got uh, delayed ejac- ejaculation, huh. erectile disorder, female orgasmic disorder, female sexual interest and arousal disorder, genital pelvic pain penetration disorder, male. Ha- Hyperactive sexual desire disorder. This is that's, where I get in trouble. That's that's not that's that is that is a lie. That is that is normal. Twenty something. Yeah, ninety percent. If ninety percent of the population could be diagnosed of the male population could be di- diagnosed with a disorder, it ain't a disorder. It's the norm. But continue. Okay. Well, then here we're going with prematurely <laughs> premature early ejaculation. Yeah, there's a lot of people on that list too. <laughs> and substance medicated induced sexual dysfunction okay so then there's the unspecified ones so that's all the dysfunctions okay then we're going to go to gender dysphoria which is gender dysphoria in children gender dysphoria in adolescents and adults and then just like a a general Mm -hmm. okay and and these are the disorders that i can't pronounce paraphileric i think that's how you say it really wrong but this is what i consider the dark side of sex this is the um Voyeuristic disorder. Okay. The exhibitionist. Uh, oh, man, I can't pronounce this. <laughs> I should make you read this. Actually, <laughs> I will make you read this because I right. cannot read it. Okay. My high school educated ass is going to get it better than you. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, um, my problem is with my verbal dyslexia. I cannot pronounce. Right. Uh, Frauderistic <laughs> disorder. And now if I nail all of these, it's going to make it sound like I know what what I'm talking about. So let's get that out of the way right now. We're I'm just, we're just, we're I'm just reading today. out of a book right now. <laughs> we're having fun um, in Shellyville today. Uh, sexual masochism, dis- masochism disorder, sexual sadism, pedophilic disorder, fetish- fetishistic disorder, transvestic disorder, other specified paraphilic disorder, unspecified paraphilic disorder. Paraphilic. Does that mean you're attracted to paraplegic? No. Object. Okay. <laughs> Objects. All right. That's funny. <laughs> so now. The, the I, problem is there's a lot on there that as a therapist right. of 12 years, mm-hmm. I have avoided. Right. Like, I didn't even know that this was. I mean, I, I, I have always admitted that I've mm-hmm. never been a sex therapist. And there's a reason why, because I, you stay with what you know. Like mm-hmm. you work and you work in what you know. Yeah. But. I think it's kind of, I have done gender dysphoria. Right. Out of all of those, I have definitely worked with gender dysphoria the most. Mm-hmm. So I do have a very strong feeling for, for for folks that don't like themselves. Like my whole purpose as a therapist has always been about self-love. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's a disorder that bothers me the most because I can't imagine how uncomfortable it would be to born and not liking who you are and the sex of who you are mm-hmm. like that's huge and that's why i think it makes me so mad about all the marketing and, and what we're saying about other people is we don't understand the human component behind it like why are we bullying why are we making fun of things we don't understand these are human beings behind all of this mm-hmm. and i think that as as somebody who is it leans conservative on a lot of and i feel like a lot of the vitriol for trans people comes from people on the conservative side and i think mm-hmm. where they people on the conservative side where they miss a lot of times is that they're 
their discomfort with this whole situation unfortunately gets directed by the people that are experiencing these um these dysphorias Mm -hmm. and not like not specifically addressing the cultural changes that are trying to make these things the norm. I right. I don't think it's all the time, but I do think sometimes it's... I just think we need to personalize it. Like, stop it. Stop mm-hmm. Stop overgeneralizing or being so judgmental mm-hmm. when you don't have the facts. Right. We don't have the facts. But then, as a therapist looking at this, there's things here I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with not knowing everything. I'm okay with not being educated. And some of these fetishes and some of this dark sure. side freak stuff because it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with saying that because at least I'm being authentic and mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. And and that's something that we can't undervalue. Mm-hmm. Like when you're honest and authentic, like that's there's the magic right there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what makes sex interesting is that we're all somehow related to it. Mm-hmm. We're all somehow invested in it but we don't know how or why or how much right uh, i'm looking something up real quick because i think it's um i think it's important so um looking up the merriam webster um definition for dysphoria Okay. Because I think that sometimes um, we get, we, we, we come up with our own definitions of words mm-hmm. and it can lead to misunderstandings a lot of times. So dysphoria, according to Merriam-Webster Webster Dictionary, is a state of feeling very unhappy, uneasy, or dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. So it's a cognitive thought. It's mm-hmm. your cognitive thought pattern. Right. This is not just, okay, emotionals. Like we talked about right. emotions last week. This is how I truly think and feel. And that decision making, mm-hmm. that cognitive unhappiness penetrates in every area of your life. Mm-hmm. Like that's what makes the DSM-5 so interesting is that these disorders are interfering with the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. That's why they're called disorders, mm-hmm. because your life is out of order. Your life is not matching up with the way you think and feel and and interact with other people and have relationships with other people, mm-hmm. which is so important. And so I think it's like, of course, sex is going to sell because we're all related to it. But why is it going to sell? And why do we have this big content right now on sex when we're really all just judging other people for who and who they are? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think we've always done it. I just think I like the fact that there's a bigger conversation going on right now. I'm OK with the crap that's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it. People think I'm nuts, but I like it because it's <laughs> because it's allowing us to talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I don't think it's <laughs> like always good stuff. Right. I, I think that there's a lot of kind of ripping the bandaid uh, off in a way. It is because every time we talk about a topic that's uncomfortable, we at least educate ourselves a little bit more mm-hmm. about it. And that's kind of what it's about. Mm-hmm. Like, and And I think one of the problems, too, is that. I have lots of questions about Mm -hmm. this, and a lot of my questions come from my perspective, which is, I don't really know anybody who has these issues. So all of the questions that I have are are coming from a place of, I have no like human connection to somebody who struggles with that that I know of. Mm -hmm. So my questions come from more of a standpoint of, 
you know, is this something that I, is this really something that I need to understand? Is it something that I, I need to? I think you to, would only need to understand it if it is someone in your, in your life or your family or, I mean, here's the thing. If it's happening to you or you know someone, then you're going to be more kind. Sure. But I think that's just it. We mm -hmm. need to be kind to the people that I have several people that I have worked mm -hmm. with as a therapist. And I know a lot of people in my private life that are transgender. And mm -hmm. I'm comfortable with that. Like, mm -hmm. I love these people. They're not, they're, they're fine. Right. It's like, it's like saying blue and green. It's mm -hmm. like, what the heck? Right. There and is no difference. Also growing up in, you know, small town, Northern Michigan, I didn't, I'd never met a gay person until I started hitchhiking, which that's, that's, a, that's a joke, but. <laughs> oh my God, can we stop? <laughs> oh, this so, is going to be a whole different show. That's it. That's, that's a joke. But, um, so, it, but, so I had all, a lot of preconceived notions about sure. gay people and stuff and mm -hmm. the, 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 I, I, and I don't ha I don't I'm not like close friends with anybody who's gay and I don't, and I only know a handful of but every single gay person I've met has has been nice and mm -hmm. I've been able to interact with just fine. Absolutely. Um, and the another another example of, you know, a lot of um the world would have you believe that that Christians and Muslims are polar opposites. They have and more in common than we realize, probably. They, Christians and Muslims have so much more in common than a Christian and an atheist or a Muslim and an atheist. They're, mm -hmm. they're much more in common than we we give ourselves credit for. So I had preconceived notions that all Muslims are terrorists just based off of, like, again, never having met one, growing right. up in a small town, and then getting to meet some people along the way. And these, these, these guys are awesome. Like, <laughs> right. they're... they're I, I no no problem with them and but their I think beliefs, it's all about so. exposure. I think sure. that's what is making social media and mm -hmm. and the sex cells and everything that we're talking about is that the more we are exposed, the more that we are open minded mm -hmm. to it, and the more that we are accepting, and that's why it's a big deal for sure. And now here's now here's the counter argument to okay. everything that I just said. I have two young kids, mm -hmm. and children are very malleable. So it, this, to me, from my perspective, seems like something that I need to protect them from because if there is a seed planted in my kid's brain at an early age that she's born in the wrong body, because... Yeah, where does that... Here's the thing. This is the most fascinating thing that you're just saying. Where does that come from? Right. Because this, the thought is, the reality is, this is a cognitive belief. Mm-hmm. Now, we are bombarded by messages our entire mm -hmm. life. We are given, you know, pink and blue blankets. We are defined as babies mm -hmm. in green and yellow and blue and pink. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have our categories. The reality is when a child starts to get older, we don't know where that message of sexuality is going to come from. So I can understand the concern and, and being but you're in a world that is going to bombard them. I mean, first of all, Barbie. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, come on. Their toys are geared for cars or boys or dolls. or mm -hmm. Like, they're already getting a sexualized message before they read their first book. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the reality. So as a parent, our responsibility is know your child. Mm -hmm. Talk to your child. 
define who your child is. Like that's the conversation. Almost every child that has transgendered, their parents knew that that child was different. Mm -hmm. They already knew that that child was not comfortable in their body. Mm -hmm. Like this is not coming from someone else's agenda. That's fear talking. Mm -hmm. Now, for in the instance that that happens, and maybe you've had in the past a parent come in saying, my kid's like this. I don't know what to do. Maybe. Do you work with kids ever? I or? used to okay. a long time ago. I did used to. But okay. I, again, I got away from it because of the parents. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We've had this conversation. Sorry. So, um, <laughs> I so, would be great with kids if I could just like avoid the parents. For sure. But that doesn't work. Yeah. They I come hand in hand sometimes. <laughs> they are hand in hand. So. And that's just it. I think what I have worked with families mm-hmm. that and I'm all about acceptance. I'm all about patience. Mm-hmm. I'm all about love. I'm all about if your child is acting out, there is always a purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. There's always some kind of motivation. And, you know, kids don't have the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. They don't have the language. But give them the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Give them the opportunities to say what they're feeling or, or let them listen to them. My biggest question, is it better to to affirm the beliefs that their child has as a child about who they are, or is it better to help that child work through those issues and find and help them find out who they truly are? Well, I think you got to really look at child development because quite honestly, it's natural and normal for a child to question their sexuality. We question our sexuality up until age 16. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much influence parents need to have. Like there's going to be internal questioning that's going to go on anyways, whether the parents are encouraging or not encouraging. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you can make an individual change how they think and feel about themselves based off of your influence. And that's just really how I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, The reality is that if if that's fear-based thinking, then you probably are going to, you know, really stay in the genetic. That gender role. Here's the thing. I have a twin brother, right? Mm. So I was given the opportunity to play with cars and trucks. I was given the opportunity. Like he got boys toys. He's got the, he got the guns, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, cowboys and Indians. He got all that fun stuff. And I got the dolls. Well, I like the dolls. Mm-hmm. I was cool with the dolls until he started blowing them up with this GI Joe yeah. stuff. You know, I mean, we played back and forth. We crisscrossed our toys. Mm-hmm. That didn't make us gay. That didn't make us, that didn't change who we were yep. fundamentally. We just were open-minded to, there were two different sets of toys to play with. I heard a story of a a family. They had a a six-year-old boy, a three-year-old boy, and then there was a a new baby who was born who was a girl, and she had special needs. And so all of a sudden, the six-year-old boy who had received the lion's share of mom and dad's attention for the past six years kind of got pushed to the wayside just for... Um, the parents having to, yeah, for sure. Parents having to focus a ton of their energy on this, this new girl with, um, with special needs. I I think she had, um, I, I, like cerebral palsy, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Something that made, they had, she needed round the clock care, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, babies need round the clock care, but it was an extra level. So after about a year, they started noticing that. Um, the boy, the six-year-old boy was starting to lean more towards like feminine things and dresses and dolls and stuff like that. 
And then one day he he told his parents that he wanted to be a girl. Mm-hmm. And they they were like super confused by that. Took him to like a play therapist and did, did that whole thing. And ultimately what it came down to is that he, in his child brain, he equated to in order to get my parents' attention, I need, need to, to a, do, I need to be a girl. I need right? to be a girl. Sure, and so that makes a lot they, of sense. They were very quickly able to turn that around, mm-hmm. but it also makes me wonder, um, is something like that happening more often than we think? And then these kids are having life-altering treatments and therapies and hormones well, and all that Well, here's the thing. I, I really, I, I do find it intensely gross that... U of M gives hormones to kids under the age of 25. It's that's I'm sorry. Like, I know you want to change your body. I know you need the hormones. I completely 100% support that. My problem is your brain is not fully developed until you're 25. I just find it so gross that we are giving them hormones at such a young age. If you would like, that is my personal opinion. I am not going to stop anybody from getting that. But I'm just saying, my personal opinion, that kind of freaks me out. Yeah. And and I think that's where we have the common ground here. And I think that's where I a don't lot of people on the, on the conservative bad bandwagon are kind of freaking out about this whole mm-hmm. thing is because of that. Is well, because you it's, it's kind of your- like genetic disorders. It's, kind, it's, it's the same thing as um, harvesting parts, body parts. Right. Or like, you know, do we get, do you get facial... Uh, uh, reconstructive surgery or beauty mm-hmm. at a young age. Like, I mean, you know, you're not going to get your nose fixed when you're 12. Like, mm-hmm. why are we putting such a strong genetic marker in a body? I'll take, when, I'll take it a step further. You, know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't let your seven year old have a candy bar for breakfast, but you're going to let them have gender altering therapy at a, a young age because they feel a certain type yeah, of way. I think that they should be allowed to dress. I think they should be allowed to be dressed as a boy or girl. I think they should go as far as they possibly can. And then later on, as they develop after the age of 18, then you can start those hormone products. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we're doing a really, I mean, you are so emotional in your 14 and 15 years. Like mm-hmm. You're so emotional through 12, 13, 14, 15. That's such a strong developmental time. I just worry about the inclusion of hormones, but I don't have the science behind it. I don't know why I feel that way. I just do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, I need to educate myself. Why do I feel that way? Well, if this was my child, I would be doing a hell of a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Like there's no doubt that if this was my family and that's just it. We, we have to know that there's a lot of research that's going behind here. Mm-hmm. There's a like this is not. First of all, if you've ever dealt with a person that's going through uh, dysphoria, this is not an easy case. Mm-hmm. This is a person that is really suffering with how they're adjusting to life. Mm-hmm. And so this is not a quick fix. Like the transgendering part, this takes years years right like this is a very long 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 process and so it's crazy that we're blaming someone for how they're doing it this is not an overnight sensation (laughs) like Mm -hmm. this takes time and effort and commitment and reality right so who the hell are we to say what's right or wrong for that person like Mm -hmm. that's that family's decision but i don't like that the hormones are used so early Mm -hmm. so that's just my personal opinion Mm 
Yeah, it's interesting. Like the word trans, like if you if you don't understand or you have like questions or you disagree with the movement as a whole, you can get labeled as transphobic or homophobic right. or whatever. But phobia means the the fear of something, and fear mm-hmm. comes from a lack of knowledge or understanding. So, it, I mean, I can see that it, those fears can be justified in a lot mm-hmm. of in a lot of uh, a lot of circumstances. So. But we just need to educate ourselves. Right. I mean, I just don't like the general blame or the general um, making fun of. I mean, or just it's the same thing with racism. Mm. I mean, shit, this has been going on our whole life. Yep. I mean, our whole life. Mm. I don't, I, mm. Some things are going to change. Some things are not going to change. Yep. But as human beings, we have the capacity to change. Mm-hmm. We just have to give ourselves permission. Yeah. You know, we have to give ourselves permission. But <laughs> there is, this is just one topic, you know, this is a hot topic. This is what everyone's talking about. I love the fact that we are having this conversation in Shellyville. I didn't know this was going to come up. Yeah, this is definitely not on the <laughs> on the agenda, to... <laughs> but we spent most of our time talking about it. So, But it's okay because I really feel like I have something to say about it. You have something to say about it. Mm-hmm. My clients are coming to me. Everyone's very disturbed right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? That's a good sign. When people are disturbed, that means we're talking. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And maybe that's why we wanted to talk about sex in the first place, because sex is something that we all, it's kind of like that forbidden topic. Mm-hmm. It's that mystery, but we all kind of want it. Like, we're sensationalized to have it or to be interested in it or to know about it. And so it does sell. It sells the world. Mm-hmm. Like, it's part of our life. We yeah. can't deny that sex is a part of our day-to-day living, mm-hmm. you know? And it, and so it is a huge part of what makes us discomfortable, you know, uncomfortable or, or what takes us out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the dark side of some of these fetishes and some of the other disorders are, are freaky. <laughs> like, yeah. And speaking <laughs> from ignorance on this, I think that... Um, I think, and I could be wrong about this, but I, if I was in Vegas, I'd probably put a little bit of money on it. I would bet that a lot of these disorders stem from some sort of early childhood trauma in mm-hmm. one form or another, whether it's sexual trauma, um, loss of a, a parent, a role model, a sibling, mm-hmm. some sort of traumatic event in their lives led to them going down this path. Again, my ignorant thought, but I would I, I bet that there's some merit to that. I would I would believe that. I yeah. would one hundred percent believe that. And and probably why I avoid this topic is that I'm not a trauma informed therapist. Mm-hmm. I really stay away from trauma and probably because this is an area that would be too dark and dirty for me. It would mm-hmm. be it would be too um I think disturbing for yeah. my own mental peace. I mean, as much as I love being a mental health therapist. I also suffer from depression and anxiety and family mm-hmm. dynamics and and a history of, you know, emotional roller coasters. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to throw myself into an environment that's going to make me uncomfortable For every sure. day. Like think, I have some protection here. Do you think any somebody could be a good therapist without having experienced some of those things? Oh, absolutely. You think so? A- oh, yes. Okay. For sure. 100%. 100%. So somebody... You know, the the classic two-parent household, never worried about money, went to college, decided, you know what, I want to help people mm-hmm. work through some of this stuff, even though I've, I don't have depression, I don't have anxiety, I, yep. life is peachy. Yep. 
You bet. They just have to have a lot of empathy. It's empathy. It's it's a it's a interest in psychology. Mm-hmm. It's a fascination in people and behaviors. I mean, there's so much that goes into a human being, and why there's so the need for therapists is just so strong. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. You do not have to suffer to be a therapist, please. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, you know, it helps. I mean, I especially in the addictions world. I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that have been recovering addicts that tend to go into that kind of therapy mm-hmm. because it's just so much more relatable. Yeah. But there's no way. And and really, I've always wanted to be a therapist because I've always been fascinated by psychology. But I mean, I've been studying people my whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the ninth child of 10. You don't think I've been paying attention <laughs> to people my whole life? Like, I don't care what a mess I am. I've been paying attention to everybody else. So I think you have to have a real interest in people to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about the, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big picture. It's a really big picture. But no, I mean, and that's what I love about it. I don't have to be a therapist for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally do not. I can say no. And that's maybe the here. I can say no. Yeah. As to everybody, these this talk about sex, this is all through content. Uh, what is the word? Consensual agreement. You have to have consent and absolute agreement to be in a sexual relationship with mm-hmm. someone. So that's. We have to put that out there. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Yep. So you can say no. Mm-hmm. And say no, but you yep. can also say yes. I love it. There's a, <laughs> a clip that was going around the internet. Um, there is a college football coach who was, had, you know, they had just finished a workout. They're about to break for the weekend. And um, he's got, I don't know, 40, 50 players just gathered around him. And this 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 grown-ass man who is, probably the one of the most jacked humans i've ever seen like <laughs> giant black dude like he's a coach he's okay. probably the strength and conditioning coach maybe like okay. a, a court he might be the head coach but i didn't recognize him and i i would recognize most of the coaches in college football but um but, but he's he, a big dude yeah big dude talking to a bunch of other really big <laughs> young men about about consent uh-huh the the funniest talk about consent because <laughs> He was basically look for it. It's a clip. I'm going to see a- if I can find it. I'll send it to you. <laughs> but basically, he f bomb every other sentence, okay. and he was talking oh, to friend. them like, "If you do, like, if you don't follow these instructions, word for word, I will kick your ass." <laughs> <laughs> Which you scared the crap out of him, huh? Yeah, exactly. Scared straight. <laughs> it was like if you've ever seen that that show where they take troubled kids to a prison oh, and gosh. the prisoners like mm-hmm. get in their face and it, it yeah. had elements of that. <laughs> like uh, you're scaring straight. Yeah, scared but they were straight. talking about like he was talking about how to like respectfully treat a woman, and just because this happened in the car doesn't mean it has to that. Right. It, all consent, all this stuff. Consent, yeah. consent. And ask, uh, ask, ask. And he's like, if you make one wrong move, <laughs> your ass is getting, you know, that's, you, you know, <laughs> the <laughs> girl walks by in your library and you say, man, that girl, you thick as hell or something like that. That's sexual fucking harassment. <laughs> you can't do that. So it just think it, don't say it. It's so funny. Oh my it's gosh, true. Have, a good you know, message, but it was really funny the way it was delivered. I'll have to look so, for that. That looks yeah. hilarious. 
Because so. that's just it. It's like, you know what? I mean, here's the thing. You talked about influencing your kids. Let's go back to that conversation. You mm-hmm. want to influence your kids. Your kids at a young age, mm-hmm. little, 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 need to know what is appropriate touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, we start talking. I started talking to my kids about sex and stranger danger and, mm-hmm. and inappropriate touch and hugging and, and all of that stuff. Your kids need to know their body parts. Mm-hmm. Kids need to know. That's what I was talking about, like the sexual development. Mm-hmm. Like that is very young. Yep. And there's so many kids that are getting hurt by actual adults or other people or babysitters that are inappropriate touching mm-hmm. or doing things to them. And, you know, they don't have the language for it. Well, right. that's that's on us. Mm-hmm. Let's give our kids the language. Let's get our kids yep. comfortable with what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think what you're saying is like, wait, these are teenage kids, but shit, shouldn't they know that by the time they get to college? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you already know the minute you have a crush on a girl what's appropriate and what's not appropriate? Right. Like, that's just it. Why is by the time you get to high school and college, I almost think that's too late. Oh, the, the you know? do you know when so I the best advice I ever got about parenting and it and it set me at ease for having this type of conversation. Um, you you know the 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 correct time to talk to your kids about sex is or now. the correct age now before someone else does right. Oh so, right, yeah, that's oh I love that. So yes. that because that message yes. has to start with you because right. you're the one that's establishing trust. And if you pull something like the birds and the bees and that shit, mm-hmm. it's not it. You right. you don't build trust that way. Right, and that has to be a conversation that you have with somebody that you trust and if you think that it's weird or it's icky or it's gross to have that conversation with then your six-year-old yeah, then get a book. G- good luck trying to reel them in at 15 mm-hmm. when they're hearing what it should be from everyone else and you right. haven't gotten it gotten that message across first right now i mean <laughs> if you're lucky like me and you have a family of older siblings, you mm-hmm. kind of know how they all got there. You're yeah. like, whoa, there's a lot of, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, sex was an open conversation in my family. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky that my mom and dad were very loving people. They were always about consent, but they were <laughs> mm-hmm. like, when I was in college, my dad was like, when are you moving out so I can chase mom naked? I'm nah. like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, my funny. mom and dad just loved love sex. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in this family that was like, that was normal conversation. Mm -hmm. We knew what sex was about, but there were still taboo and there were things that you were hit hide. And I mean, I think sexuality is something that everybody goes through in your own journal journey, but you have to have that safe place to go and talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that is mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that statement before someone else does is so valid and true mm-hmm. like that's a real statement because if it's a conversation coming from mom and dad somebody who they're Knows with every you. day they you they they trust you to take care of them then it's you think it's gonna it's like you build up all of these like oh what if like this is weird in your head and then you have the conversation with their kid your kid and they're like okay that makes sense can i go play with my toy now like <laughs> Right. But you start building that from a young age. So Mm -hmm. when they do have a question and something doesn't seem right. Right. They have that bridge has already been built so that they can ask you questions and they come to you and not their friend at school who will tell them God knows what. 
Well, it's fifth grade that they, isn't it fifth grade in the state of Michigan that they do the uh, sex education? I have no idea. I think it's fifth grade, but I think that's even too late. Yeah. When I was in, I went to a Catholic school and the, the football coach was the health teacher. And my, Mm -hmm. I remember my freshman year, we had a gym class slash health. And, um, I remember we got to the chapter about sex and everybody was, um, uh, every, everybody was, um, uh, kind of giggling and smirking and, oh, this is going to be fun hearing Rod Bragg talk about sex. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then he opened the book and saw what the chapter was. And he was like, all right, uh, we're going to do gym class this week. Your homework assignment is to go read this and talk to your parents about it. Oh, I love it. It's like, I'm not having this conversation. Yeah. He's like, this is this isn't my responsibility. Mm-hmm. The book thinks it is. The school thinks it is. But he didn't but take it. What, kiss yeah. my butt. This is... <laughs> This is this is a conversation for it. you to have with your parents. <laughs> and and that's what this is about. Right. That, I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Did, now, here's, now, here's the but other you thing. you can't. Here's the thing. How many people do you, how, out of that class of, let's say, 30, I can guarantee maybe 20 kids are not talking to their parents? I didn't. Absolutely. They, they hadn't built that right. bridge with me, and I didn't feel comfortable talking right. to them about so it. So that's, that's a big... Now, you are... Ten, you're, you're like, you're young. Mm-hmm. How old <laughs> am I, Shelly? <laughs> you're too young. <laughs> I was just going to say, there's a couple generations. How old am I, Shelly? <laughs> well, I don't know. I think you told me you're, you're in your 20s or 30s. No, I think you're in your 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're 20. For four more months. <laughs> I'm pushing 30. I'm getting old. Oh, pushing 30. Come on. <laughs> but I mean, even... 30 years ago, shit, 50 years ago for me, you know, 40 years ago for me. We're not that much more advanced. Mm-hmm. Like, really, today's kids, I mean, maybe a few more kids out of 30 are talking to their parents, but. No, I think we've regressed. I, I don't, th- I think we're far more uptight about sex than we ever were. Like, let, let's mm-hmm. loosen up, man. I'm all for like the And 70s. I can't speak to how other people parent their children. Right, um, we can't. We don't know. But, but I, my guess is that based on how we're doing as a society, <laughs> I would imagine that it's worse and not better. Oh, that's such not a good thing. Yeah. Not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's because these are all the kids that weren't spoken to, right? Mm-hmm. The kids that are parenting now didn't have parents to talk to them about this stuff. Or, I mean, there's 50% divorce rate, so, right. so maybe that's, uh, and I don't know. You know what we should do? What? Next week. What? what or what, actually what? like three weeks from now, because it's going to be a while before <laughs> we're back. We should talk about divorce. Oh, let's. I'm a, little expert. I'm a little expert on that. Mm-hmm. I got some friends that I know that are divorced. Could be interesting. Oh, that'd be a great topic. So, anyway, great topic. we're <laughs> we're all over the place. Yeah, today. we are all over the place. So let's put a bow on this and uh, call it a day. I appreciate everyone who stops in at Shellyville and takes the time to listen to what I have to say. I appreciate you in my little world. Um, it's it's just so good to have a place to talk about things that are important to me, and I appreciate everyone that's been tuning in. Awesome. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you.